Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday and this is the end of the sixth week of the Easter season. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen indeed. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Hebrews chapter 7, beginning this morning at verse 11. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for the people received the law under this priesthood, what further need would there have been to speak of another priest arising according to the order of Melchizedek rather than the one arising from according to the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. Now the one of whom these things are spoken belonged to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe Moses said nothing about priests. It is even more obvious when another priest arises resembling Melchizedek, one who has become a priest, not through the legal requirement concerning physical descent, but through the power of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. There is, on the one hand, an abrogation of the earlier commandment, because it was weak and ineffectual, for the law weighed nothing perfect. There is, on the other hand, the introduction of a better hope through which we approach God. This was confirmed with an oath. For others have become priests without an oath, but this one became priest with an oath because of the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Accordingly, Jesus has also become the guarantor of a better covenant. Furthermore, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that he should be such a high priest, holy and blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he has no need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins, and then for the those of the people, this he did once for all when he offered himself. 
For the law appoints as high priests humans who are subject to weakness. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. The author continues his exposition of Psalm 110 with the purpose of showing of showing us how much God in Jesus has done for us, and also how God in Jesus has done something new, establishing a new covenant with a new priesthood that has offered one sacrifice, the sacrifice of his own body and blood, once and for all. And this priesthood is eternal, lasting forever, and it is founded on God's eternal promises, and not according to or based on a family or a tribe or a single nation. So what we are learning is that Jesus is priest and king according to God's promise and purpose in complete continuity with all of the promises of Scripture and the promise of Israel itself. That is because, of course, Jesus is the God of Scripture and the God of Israel who has come in the flesh to be priest and king for us, and not only for Israel but for the whole world. The new covenant in Christ looks like the first covenant with Abraham. And with this first covenant with Abraham, it contained God's promise to not only bless Abraham and Abraham's descendants after him, but through them to bless the whole world. In Jesus Christ, the whole world is blessed. So we are also learning a way of reading and understanding now the Bible and those big sweep of the stories of Scripture through the lens of what we have seen God do in Jesus Christ. All of Scripture speaks of Christ. The author of Hebrews is leading us down an especially rich seam of Scripture and mining its treasures for us so that we can love and trust in God more deeply, and we can see that our sins are forgiven, that we've been welcomed in as God's people, that we've been brought in through Christ and through his ministry. And through that ongoing ministry, we persevere in God's kingdom as part of God's people. So what does, difference does all of this knowledge make in our life? What does it mean for us that Jesus has been enthroned as king and priest at God's right hand? And before we get all caught up in all that goes into being part of a busy Memorial Day weekend, maybe we should spend some time here thinking about the world as Scripture reveals it to us. As we look out on the world this morning, we see a world where the crucified and risen Savior has been exalted to God's right hand as both our judge and our intercessor, welcoming us into both the promise and the reality of God's kingdom through baptism and fellowship with God's people around God's table. Now, that is a different way of looking at the world than the one that we see around us or is portrayed on the news or analyzed by pundits. As followers of Jesus, however, filled with the Holy Spirit, it is our calling to hold the revelation and promise of God in Christ side by side with the world as it is so that we can show the world and call it to change, call it to change its mind about what it means to be in power, what this world is and its powers are, and instead turn aside from that to put their faith and trust in God's own Son, Jesus Christ, our priest and King and Lord. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. 
Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in the darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church and for the gift of relationships with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hearts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, For those who govern the nations of the world, for people and countries ravaged by strife and warfare. For all who work for peace and international harmony. For all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. Almighty and everlasting God, you brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. You have good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.